This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and welcome back. We have a very interesting podcast discussion for you today, and I think you'll find this really interesting. My guest today is David Wax with the company Handwritten. Uh, Welcome, David. We're glad to have you. Please take a moment to uh, introduce yourself to our listening audience. Thanks so much, Bob. Um, It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Um, My name is David Wax. I uh, am the founder and CEO of Handwritten. We are a company that is trying to bring back the lost art of handwritten notes through some uh, unique technology, which I can get into. Uh, We currently send about 10 to 15,000 pieces a day on behalf of our clients. And um, I can speak about handwritten notes because I've done the opposite side of the coin, which is text messaging. Prior to handwritten, I ran a digital um, messaging company called Sell It uh, for another eight years or so. And we'd send out millions of text messages a day for brands like Abercrombie & Fitch, Toys R Us, Sam's Club, Office Max, uh, et cetera. Um, from that, I decided to start this, and that's where I am today. That's great. Listeners, you're going to be intrigued by this approach and by David's viewpoint, so uh, stay tuned as we get into that. But before we do that, David, uh, we always like to hear about how does somebody get to this point? In other words, in their career, did did you wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do? Uh, You know, take us through kind of the career highlights that you've had to arrive, uh, especially as it relates to the customer experience and customer loyalty space? So um, I've always wanted to be an uh, entrepreneur from when I was a small child and, um, you know, had lemonade stands and went door to door selling stuff. And when I went off to school, I was also a bit of a nerd um, and computers early on. And when I went off to school, I, I specifically did a engineering and business degree because I thought one day I'd come out and start my own company. And I chose computer science as the engineering side, not because I love computers, which I did, but I just thought it would be easier to start a software company than a hardware company with all the CapEx requirements. So early on, I always kind of thought this is the route I want to go. Um, When I graduated college, I went in, you know, there's money, this was back in 2000, there was a lot of money being thrown around for consulting and investment banking and all that. And I started in consulting, then I went into investment banking, then I went into venture capital uh, briefly. And uh, I moved out to San Diego, I was still still young, I was 24 years old, 23 years old, 24, I believe, moved out to San Diego to work at this venture capital firm. Within four months, I was um, in a car accident, 
evicted from my apartment without cause and fired from my job without cause. And I had used all my savings up until that point to pay down school debt. I went to an Ivy League school, had a bunch of debt. Um, it was very expensive and I had been paying down, paying down, paying down and I had done a good job, but I did not have any sort of rainy day fund. Literally rainy day fund because it rained all the time when I was in San Diego. Um, so I didn't know what to do. Um, I moved back to where I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was talking to my dad and he said, I wonder if you could do something with barcodes and Blackberries for real estate for, to allow people to get information on properties. And this is four or five years before the iPhone. And I said, well, I don't know about barcodes or Blackberries. Uh, little did he, I know about the QR code at the time, but uh, I said, why not text in for info on a, on a house? When you text in for info, you get the information back on the house and then the realtor gets the lead. And so that became the basis of my first company, Sell It, and the first product, which was for realtors. Um, quickly, I wanted to be bigger than just dealing with realtors. I grew up in a family of realtors. I was surrounded by realtors my entire life, and I wanted, I did not want that. And I also found dealing with realtors difficult to try to sell to them at scale. So I started a second offering called Coupon Zap, which would allow restaurants and nightclubs and bars, all that, to send out um, offers and uh, happy hour notifications, that type of thing, to, to their patrons' phones. And Coupon Zap's first client was, um, well, actually, um, House for Sell, the real estate offering. Uh, somebody called for Coupon Zap, and I sold them House for Sell, and it was Marie Claire Magazine, because they wanted to do something where you'd see something in the magazine, you text in for more info on that product, and then you'd get into, into a raffle. And to me, that sounded like my real estate offering. I just branded it differently and charged them a lot more. And that kind of set the company going. Um, and then we got into Abercrombie and Fitch and Toys R Us, and it just grew and grew and grew. And pr pretty soon, we were the largest mobile CRM, mobile customer relationship management platform out there. And we got acquired in 2012 by, I had to think what year it was, but it was 2012 by uh, a company called ePrize, which rebranded as Hello World and has since been acquired by Merkle, which is a large marketing database company. So, um, so it got acquired in 2012 and uh, a lot of changed in the space. There was a lot of regulation. We never sent out text messages to people that didn't want them. Everybody was opted in. I, I, I'm not a shyster. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I did that. So everything was opted in, but there's a lot of crazy regulation coming down and it scared me. And I realized, and then also there's a lot of competing technology, you know, at this point, there's the iPhone with push notifications, and then you're dealing with Twitter tweets and Slack and all the, all the rest. And I realized, you know, all this digital communication, whether it be email, text, push, whatever, is kind of just becoming noise. And when I'd walk into people's offices at, at ePrize, um, the, the, what I notice is they'd keep handwritten notes on display. So if they received a handwritten note, not only did they read it, but they kept it on display. And I thought, gee, you know, I want to send out my employees and customers' handwritten notes when I was wrapping up my uh, earnout period, my last two years with ePrize, uh, Hello World. I wanted to send them all handwritten notes because I saw what value they offered. And I sat down to write them and quickly my hand cramped 
and I ran out of ink and I ran out of stamps and um, I, I realized there had to be a better way. And that's where handwritten came from. Um, handwritten was really designed for me to be something to allow me to send the handwritten notes I wanted to without having to go get a pen, a pen or a stamp or a piece of stationery or anything and just send it directly from my computer. And that's what handwritten is today. Thank you for sharing that, that career path. That's an amazing story. Oh, there's, there's nuance there about getting fired and all that. Right. That's best told over a couple beers. Uh, <laughs> but my experience in San Diego was like something out of the Twilight Zone. It was very strange. Mm -hmm. But see, oftentimes we hear of that when I ask that question, and that's why it always intrigues me. And I and I want to ask it is there's always those nuggets there, those burning platforms, those life-changing situations that have occurred that that drive you towards the ultimate goal. And and secondly, I can relate too to the the whole concept of handwritten notes because I've had experience running customer service organizations for many years. And and I used to do handwritten notes to agents when a customer compliment came through or the customer wrote a handwritten note um, when we used to do the old postcards to get feedback back from customers. And you're right, they were always posted on the cube walls and they were there for years because yep. they were, the agents were so intrigued by that. So, <clears throat> but thank you for that journey. Now, before we jump into handwritten, because of your experience and your and and the things you were doing focused on the customer experience, I'm curious as to where you think we're at from a customer experience situation right now. Are there challenges, opportunities? What are you seeing from your perspective where you're sitting in terms of customer experience these days? Oh, I think we've taken a huge step backwards. <laughs> huge. You know, everybody everybody's lazy these these days, and they think sending an automated email after a purchase saying, thanks for your purchase is being grateful. Um, and it's not, nobody, everybody knows those are automated. Um, there's an entitlement. And of course, this is pervasive beyond commerce, but there's this entitlement attitude that, yeah, of course you buy from me. Who else would you buy from? Well, I have news for your listeners, Bob. None of you are snowflakes. There's a million alternatives to everything and anything out there. There's alternatives to my company. There's alternatives. You know, if you Google or if you go on like G2 Crowd, which is a, you know, if you're dealing B2B, um, there's a lot of service providers on G2 Crowd and you can get ratings and reviews for a million alternatives to anything. If you're a customer focused thing, you go on Google reviews or Yelp, millions of alternatives to everything and anything. If you're a product, go to Amazon and find a million knockoffs from China, or just go to Alibaba.com and get it and make it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody is unique now. And the retailer, service provider, what have you, needs to recognize that and needs to respect that and appreciate that of the infinite possibilities of where they could have bought their product or service, they chose you. And nobody's doing that now. We work with a lot of car dealerships and you know, our product in lowest volume costs three bucks. And the person just spent $40,000 on a new car and the car dealership doesn't want to spend $3 on them. Hmm. You know, people say, oh, what's the ROI of this? If, I, if you say, what's the ROI of saying thank you for your purchase, you're missing the point. You're just missing the point. 
there, there is ROI and I can rattle on and on and on about the benefits of being thankful and sending handwritten notes. And I'm happy to give you a million, a million um, stats and figures for that on open rates and response rates and all that. But the fact is gratitude, it's karma, you know, and you have to, you have to be grateful and in return, business will come. And even if the business doesn't come, it's just the right thing to do. They chose you and they spend all this money with you. And, you know, you need to be thankful for all of that. So um, I think really society as a whole is becoming very entitled. The purchase process is very entitled. And on top of that, with everybody being so distracted all the time, thanks to all these forms of communication, um, even if you want to send a handwritten note, you don't because you think about it and then you get another tweet or Slack notification or whatever, and you're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a huge opportunity and I'm happy to give you examples of when brands do make that small effort to sit down and for five minutes send a handwritten note, either a real one or use a service provider like ours to do it for them. Nobody will be the wiser for it. Um, you know, that just reach out and say, hey, customer, you're important to me. Thank you for, for, for purchasing from us. David, it's, it's quite interesting that um, on this podcast, we've had several guests that talk about onboarding. And yeah. so you've spent time acquiring the customer. How do you onboard them and how do you secure them and retain them in the long term? And, and I think what's <clears throat> intriguing to me is you're really talking about the sales been made. How do we retain? So tell us some of those examples. I think our, our listening audience would enjoy hearing some of those examples because this is really, if I'm understanding it correctly, on the back end to ensure that continued loyalty after a major sale. Yeah, I of think, any type, not necessarily a high high priced sale of any sale. Yeah, I, I think really it's a retention customer experience tool more than an acquisition tool. We use it for acquisition. It's great for trade shows. You know, if you can get the attendee list prior to a, a trade show and send them all a handwritten note and say, "Hey, oh, okay. meet us in the lobby." <laughs> you don't even need a booth. You'll have so many meetings in the lobby. You won't need a booth. <laughs> Um, right. I know that from experience, but uh, it really is a, a customer retention tool and customer um, loyalty building and just a few examples. So on the, the smallest example I could give is a piano tuner based in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I, I see his notes, you know, I walk the office and I've seen his notes rattling off the, the, the robots and all that stuff. Um, uh, but I didn't really know what he was. I thought he was a, a lawyer or something, but I spoke to him on the phone and is a piano tuner. And after tuning your piano, which he only needs to do once a year, um, you know, you don't need to tune a piano any, any more than that. Uh, he sends you a handwritten note, thanking you for the opportunity to be in your home and to tune your piano. When he returns to your home a year later, not only does he see that note, he sees it standing up on the piano. So not only did the person read the note, they kept the note and they put it on display on their most prized possession, typically their piano and typically the fanciest room of their home. So, you know, what kind of brand impression every time you sit down to play your piano, you think of the piano tuner. I mean, I think it's just so powerful. I mean, when was the last time you printed out an email and stuck it to anything <laughs> or took a screenshot of a text message, printed that out and stuck it to anything? Never. But handwritten notes not only get read, but they get kept as a treasure. 
And our company allows you to include like Starbucks cards and Visa cards with those notes, but that's not the gift. The gift is the note itself. Um, so that's one example. Uh, another example is a snack box company. This company, you can subscribe if you're in office and you'll get boxes of snacks every couple of weeks um, to feed your team, you know, granola bars, chips, jerky, that type of thing. And if they, what they found is that if they misdelivered a box, you know, they didn't send it to you on time or whatever, uh, or they sent you the wrong box, if they followed up with a handwritten note and an additional box of snacks and swag, that, you know, apologizing, that customer had a higher lifetime value than somebody that was never screwed up in the first place. So then they went a step further and decided, let's just screw up with everybody. So they screw <laughs> up with everybody, send everybody a makeup box and all boats rise on the tide. So um, that's another example. Um, we have car dealerships using us that used to send these automated letters, you know, laser printed letters, maybe with a laser printed signature. When they started sending handwritten notes to customers asking them to come back in to trade up, trade in their vehicle, they saw a 23 time higher response rate to those, to those offers than the printed offer. When you adjust for the additional cost of sending a handwritten note versus a laser printed note, it's still seven times greater ROI. Um, for uh, a suit maker that sends you a bespoke uh, you, you, you basically mail in your email in your measurements and they send you a suit straight, you know, from Taiwan or whatever. Um, they were sending out coupons and with a handwritten note from the CEO saying, you know, this is our best offer of the year. That coupon had a five time greater redemption rate than any other coupon they send. Um, so the results really speak for themselves. It starts at the beginning with somebody actually opening it and looking at it. And there, handwritten notes get opened three times more frequently than, than junk mail or printed pieces. So just having a handwritten, handwritten envelope drastically increases the open rate. Um, but yeah, that I, I could go on and on. Um, yeah. Those are great examples. And listeners, you're listening to David Wax with Handwritten discuss uh, the impact to retention and loyalty when you utilize uh, the approach that he's been talking about during our podcast. So David, let's get into what are the mechanics of this? How does this all happen? And well, uh, if yeah, I'm interested in doing it, for example. Yeah, uh, so I'm here to really sing the praises of handwritten notes, not sing the praise of my company handwritten. Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate you know, that. What's that? We appreciate that. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, anybody can pick up a pen and send a note. The problem is at scale, how do you do this? Um, mm -hmm. And how do, you, how do you enforce compliance to this? Um, so what I mean there is uh, we have a cologne brand that sells direct to consumer through their website, but then also through the department stores. If you buy the product on their website, they automatically send you a handwritten note through us. If you buy through the department store, the store clerk is supposed to send you a handwritten note, and they never do because they're too busy, um, you know, selling or cleaning the the area, you know, that type of thing. So, our service, handwritten, allows you to automate handwritten notes, which is really the end goal—not just logging in and sending them on our website, but really automating them. So 
that they go out even if you don't find the time to go on the website and do it. The way we do this is by creating a platform for sending handwritten notes. You can send them through our website. You can send them through our iPhone app, Android app, salesforce.com integration, Shopify integration, Zapier, Integramat, Integrately. All these, all these ways of sending handwritten notes. And just like any other API call, uh, we will help you with that. And then on the output, um, I've alluded to it, we have 125 plus robots here in our facility in Phoenix, each robot holds a real pen. It's a Pilot G2 ballpoint pen. You can pick them up at your office, Max or Staples. Um, and the robots write out the note in the handwriting style of your choice, on the card of your choice. It could be a custom designed card. We, we operate a full printing press. So we'll um, you know, design a nice piece of thick stock stationery for you to write on. And then we'll write on it. It could even be in your handwriting style, include your signature. We have a, a number of celebrities that we include their signatures for their notes. Um, and then hand address the envelope, stick a real stamp, not a meter mail stamp and mail it for you. So we are the full process soup to, net, soup to nuts um, for sending handwritten notes um, at scale. <clears throat> That's an amazing process that you developed. And one of the things you talked about that I, um, forgot to, to mention when you were giving the background was this whole concept of ROI. And yeah. boy, that's a hot topic right now, David, in terms of investments in customer experience. And many customer experience professionals listening to this podcast are beating their heads up against the wall because they can't prove the ROI to get the investments they need as yeah. you would with a, you know, a piece of software or a piece of hardware or a software application or a or production, yeah. how do you address that? Because I'm with you on your comments, I, but it's still gonna come up, right? Yeah, no, sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, digital marketing has spoiled us. You have a full closed loop. You know, you know how many people clicked your email, you know how many people ordered from that email, et cetera. With handwritten notes, you can measure some of it, um, you can, give them a unique coupon code. You could put a QR code, although I don't recommend it on the note. You could include a, a personalized URL on the note to, to track where they're coming from. Um, but what I'd recommend is doing A-B testing and then just trust that the long-term potential of the handwritten campaign will um, drive results. You know, that, you know, like the car dealer's notes a, 20, a 27 time or 26 time I'm sorry, 23 time greater response rate just by knowing how many phone calls they got uh, and how many people came in. So it's really, a, you know, counting the, the bodies in the room, counting the phone calls, maybe put a different phone number on the note than um, on the website, which is easy to do. So there are a number of ways to track it. Uh, but, you know, with handwritten notes and customer experience, I think any customer experience, you're playing the long game. You know, it's not about, oh, if I send you this one piece, you know, this one email, you're going to be a customer for life. It just doesn't work that way. You have to come up with a multifaceted, multimodal approach to keep that customer engaged, make them feel um, like they're being heard and make them feel like their experience is tailored to them. And that's a long game. So I wouldn't put too much. Um, 
too much credence in any one stat because there could be, you know, statistical bias, there could be a spurious correlation, you know, so, so really, I, I think you need to think of it more holistically. And I'm not saying send a handwritten note for any, for all, for all um, use cases, right? Like, we actually just did a survey of 2000 consumers, a blind survey of 2000 consumers asking what their number one communication met method is. It's not handwritten notes, it's receiving actual phone calls, not robocalls, not phone calls from um, call centers, but phone calls from their salesperson. That's their number one most surprising, most personalized form of communication. Handwritten notes were number two, but you know, you should incorporate phone calls, handwritten notes, text messaging, email, all of the above to create a robust customer experience uh, experience and uh, have it ongoing. And then also try to automate as much as you can to create, um, you know, to reduce risk of non-compliance. I know, you know, you think, oh, well, you can't automate phone calls. Well, um, for like video you know, similar to a phone call, there's this company called Bonjoro. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's basically you record personalized videos that you send to people. And yeah, you have to record each one individually. And that what, that's what makes it so powerful is because it's a personal message, much like a handwritten note. But there's systems there that say, okay, today you have 10 phone call, 10 Bonjoro mails to send to these people, get going. And then it, it kind of forces you to get through that process and you can apply the same compliance with phone calls and everything else to force you to make your necessary touch points. Um, I'm kind of getting off track, but I, I just think you have to take a less of a myopic approach on um, the ROI of any given tactic. I, I, I'm with you 100%. Um, it's interesting you talk about those videos. I, I'm in the midst of a car buying experience now, and I've I can't believe how bad the car buying experience is in this country right now. Yeah. Forgetting about the shortage of cars, just yeah. setting that aside for a minute, just the general experience. And you're right. I got a video from some salespeople that just knocks my socks off. You know, yeah. just got your inquiry. I'm going to get pictures for you. Here's who I am, face, name. And then others were these templated emails that yeah. were totally useless that didn't answer a question that I had and, and was like, you know, a shot in the dark. And so my question to you is this. <clears throat> You're absolutely right in terms of, you know, this is part of an, of an entire plan to retain customers. But why is it that we're always looking for silver bullets when we're trying to retain customers? Any thoughts on that? I just think people are lazy. You know, the, the, <laughs> the silver bullet is a long-term, um, you know, protracted approach to like <laughs> multiple touch points and constantly thinking about the customer. A silver bullet is one and done, right? Right, you know, right. And uh, people are lazy and they want the one and done. But, but you know, the customer wants the protracted relationship, not, oh, yeah, I remember receiving a uh, handwritten note four years ago from that car dealer, so now I'm going to stick with them for the rest of my life. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I think people are lazy and there's never, you know, when, when I was in the text messaging business, I, I began drinking, drink, you know, I fell into that business out of necessity. I was on my ass without a job, without an apartment, you know, kind of on the street type deal. And we started with real estate and I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? Let's do for nightclubs, restaurants, bars, that type of thing. But I started drinking the Kool-Aid because it worked. I mean, we would send out text messages to 
tropical smoothie cafes, um, which is like a Jamba Juice type deal. And every time we'd <laughs> I was in visiting a client in Norfolk, Virginia, um, and there was a tropical smoothie there. And I went in there, I said, do you ever send text message campaigns? They go, yeah, but when we do, we have to staff up because there's a lot, and they didn't know who I was. There's a line out the door when we do. And, you know, the, the problem though, is anything you do, if you do it too much, you're gonna build up a callus to it. So you can't overdo anything. You can't overdo the text. You can't overdo handwritten notes. The last thing you want on your desk is 55 handwritten notes from somebody. You know, like, geez, that person's desperate. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, by taking a multifaceted approach, I think that is the silver bullet. You know, it's having a constant dedication to gratitude for that client and um, creativity in your way you're going to approach that client. That's, uh, that's well stated and uh, put into a great context, David. This has been um, a really fascinating conversation around this approach and, and how you developed it and, and your views on customer experience. Before we end our podcast together, I always like to give our guests the opportunity to share any last words of wisdom and uh, your contact information for our listeners. Uh, I would say send handwritten notes. Uh, you don't have to use us. Just pick up a pen and do it and see the benefit you will reap. Um, if you want to use our system, handwritten.com, and it's H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N.com. You can go there, use uh, sign up with sign up code podcast, uh, all one word, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You'll get a couple bucks in free credit to give it a shot. Or if you click the business tab, you can request a really awesome sample kit with all sorts of different handwriting samples and card samples and all that uh, for no charge. We'll ship it out to you the same, you know, next next day. Um, and give it a shot for yourselves um, and see, see what it can do. If you want to reach out to me, um, you know, please look for Handwritten on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Uh, again, it's H-A-N-D-W-R-Y-T-T-E-N. And thank Excellent. you. Thank you, David. We've appreciated you joining our podcast. And listeners, this has been another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your networks. And of course, as always, stay tuned for another fascinating podcast focused on customer experience and the customer experience professional network brought to you by the CXNM radio network of podcasters. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit CXofM.org for more resources.